It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Yes, I'm Mary Walter. How are you? It's so good to be back. I am so happy to be sitting in this seat for Brian today and Tomorrow, I'll be back with you as well. Uh, there is so, so, so much. I always say this all the time. I feel like I say this every time I start a show. There is so much to talk about. And the funny thing is when I was starting, you know, preparing for the show, I was doing yesterday, I was sitting down looking at stuff. I'm like, I don't know. There's not a lot out there. My husband's like, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if there's really any big news. <laughs> and then when you sit down and you start to like sort it all through, you're like, wow, I had no idea the world is as crazy as it is. And it really is. And uh, I, I think sometimes I there's that part of my brain that switches off acknowledging how crazy everything is. Because if you acknowledge it, you're going to make yourself crazy. So it, it's like that part they say, like, if you've ever been in a bad accident, you don't remember it. That's pretty much what's happening to me during the Biden presidency. Four years, when we get out of this three and a half years from now, I'm probably not going to have any memory of the Biden presidency because it's a survival skill that my body is, is um, employing uh, at this moment. So um, let's start off with COVID. Where would we be if it weren't for COVID, right? We'd have a Trump presidency. I don't think we'd have the inflation we have now. We wouldn't have, you know, mass resettlement of people from Central and Southern America into your town in in, in this country. I, I We wouldn't be running up, I don't think these, although the Republicans spent too. Uh, I, I just think we'd be in such a better place. Um, although, of course, Democrats feel totally the opposite. They think this is heaven. Um, so so let, let's talk about COVID and what's happening because I was just on vacation last week with friends and the conversation was had several times about these people going door to door and knocking and asking if you are uh, vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? I'm vaccinated. Um, and what you would say to them if they knock on your door, 866-868-68, excuse me, I just gave out the wrong number, 866-408-7669. It's right there in front of me. 866-408-7669 is the number. If they knock on your door, and we're going to go into this, do you plan on answering the door? There's very, there's a lot of different strategies. We answer the door and say, give them your status, whether you're vaccinated or not, or maybe, and what about people who had COVID? They want you to get vaccinated too, if you've had COVID. And I know plenty of people who have had COVID are like, I'm not getting vaccinated. I have natural immunity, but you don't have no idea who's coming to your door, who wants to know your medical status. What are you going to tell them? 866-408-7669. Let's go to cut nine here. Um, these are the people, these are trusted messengers who are going to knock on your door. We're getting trusted messages to try and get people to understand and appreciate why it's important for their own safety. Local trusted messengers, doctors, faith leaders, community leaders. Doctors, faith leaders, community leaders. So as part of our efforts, trusted messengers may go door to door. 
Okay, I keep hearing doctors, faith leaders. I don't know a doctor who has that kind of time. My husband is a physician who deals with COVID every single day because he's he um, runs an ICU in New Jersey, and he's also a pulmonologist. So he's he was up to his eyeballs on COVID patients last year. He got two days off in March and two days off in April. That was it. And he was working, you know, 14, well, 15-hour days. He doesn't have time to go door-to-door, so I don't know who these trusted physicians are that are going to be going door-to-door. They are either retired or government employees. Now, Pete Hegseth, cut seven, Eric, says that some of these trusted messengers may not be who you think they are. It's not just doctors or members of the clergy showing up at your door. It's far-left activist groups like Action NC who have this big old resist fist right there on their homepage. And that got us thinking. That couldn't be the only progressive group going door-to-door passing out vaccine info. Well, it turns out we were right. I hate that we're right, but we were. It's a long list of groups like IE United, whose progressive platform pushes radical racial reforms and calls for climate justice. Its website also links directly to Planned Parenthood. And Alliance SD, a group that wants to build a more progressive San Diego. And the CNC Education Fund, whose liberal agenda extends to immigration, health care for all, and the environment. And I'm sure all of these trusted messengers are going door-to-door for free, right? Just out of the goodness of their heart. They couldn't be using COVID outreach as an opportunity to, I don't know, line their pockets with government money and freshen up the old voter databases. Interesting. And of course, if you bring any of this up, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're every name that they trot out, Trump voter, you're a Trump supporter, hillbilly, uh, you know, uh, deplorable, clinging to your guns and religion, you name it. Every stereotype the left puts on anyone with whom, with whom they disagree. Tammy Bruce, uh, playing off of what Pete Hegg said there, said there about the, the flow of money to these groups And the Democrats are very good at this. This is something Republicans are not as good at. But uh, Democrats are very good with funneling taxpayer dollars that go go into the federal government and then funneling those taxpayer dollars back in to Democrat causes. Here's Tammy Bruce on primetime. This is a way to move massive amounts of money to leftist community organizers. This is a a page out of Barack Obama's playbook. This is exactly what they're doing. Your tax dollars moving to these entities. This is the 2022 and 2024 campaign once again exploiting a health issue, exploiting the populations. And frankly, they think that we'd rather not have federal workers do this. The fact that they're using local individuals is even more intimidating who then will knock on your door, be staying in that community, and especially in that paper you received, that mm-hmm. that insider information. The instructions. Instructions in targeting seniors and targeting building managers, asking for information about the people inside uh, any kind of, a, of an apartment building or any dynamic like that, it is, uh, it, I think it's meant to be intimidating. It, it is unacceptable. No solicitation signs should send a message that do not knock on my door if you're a stranger. These are, it is an outrageous dynamic. And really both is. of these stories, what we talked about earlier in this one, are the same. It's the government trying to train you that they belong in your house, that you have no uh, autonomy left. Uh, yep. And, of course, they need to find out that's incorrect. Yeah. 
So if they come knocking on your door, what do you plan on doing? I'm that type of person. Nobody ever knocks on our door because we have a big, huge no solicitation thing in our town and everything. And you have to register with the cops and all this other stuff. So nobody ever knocks on my door. We don't even get trick-or-treaters. I live down on a somewhat long driveway, hedges, that kind of thing. Um, but so when someone knocks on my door, I'm like, oh, must be important. And I'm like, you know, I'm with the dog running to the front door like, woohoo, company. Um I, my husband said to me, he said, the way you look during the day in this house, because I have a super old house and I'm always like stripping wood or or painting something or staining something or something. So I have my hair in a scrunchy left from like the Olivia Newton-John, let's get physical video days. Um, I, I, I wear like a pair of old shorts or a pair of his old boxers. I've got mismatched socks on because I wear clothes that I don't care about, right? He goes, if you answer the door and just tell them you're the caretaker, they'll believe it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And just one more thing. Somebody had a really great idea, and I can't take I can't take credit for this. I saw it on Twitter. Someone said, well, while they're asking people for their vaccine status, why don't they just ask them if they have an ID? And if they don't have an ID, why not? Why don't we do something, uh, like give them information on how to obtain an ID so they can vote in the next election? Wouldn't that be great? And solve two, two problems at once, COVID and voting. Brilliant. 866-408-7669. Let's go to Jim in Atlanta listening on the Fox app. Hi, Jim. How are you? Great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So what are you going to do when they come knocking on your door? Well, I'm going to answer the door and say you've got 30 seconds to get off my property. Now, let me ask you a question, though. Do you not give away your vaccine status at that point? I don't want them to know my status. So if you no. do that, you automatically give it away, don't you think? They're going to they're going to mark you down as unvaccinated. I don't think so. See, my wife wants to actually debate them. Okay. So she well, wants to luck. give them a sheet showing all the problems of vaccines. Me, on the other hand, I don't want to say a word to them because that means that they don't know. Yeah, I, I just think that you ought, and my Trump flag might give it away too. There's that, um, but but I, I don't know. Like I, that's that was my first inclination to say I'm sorry, but I don't discuss my my health records or my you know my health at all with with strangers. If you would like my health status, you can feel free to you know get my um, health records from my doctor. Uh, so, but again, I think if you don't answer, then you're going to tip your hand if you will jim thanks Hi. for kicking it off i appreciate you kicking it off here drive carefully more of your calls coming up 866-408-7669 what do you tell them when they come knocking to find out what your vaccination status is i'm mary walter in for brian kilmeade challenging conventional thought and wisdom you're with brian kilmeade Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. 
While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com path. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. I think we're reaching that point in the United States where those of us who are vaccinated, I want to take off my mask. I want to be able to live my life with vaccination. And right now I'm being impinged on by people who say, I don't want to get vaccinated. It's fine, but I want them to maybe have a limitation on where they can go and who they can possibly infect. Now, that right there was the former Obama administration's Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius on CNN's Out Front earlier this week. And this is what I don't understand when it comes to the vaccine. If you are vaccinated, why do you care what other, if other people get vaccinated? Because you have faith in the vaccine. They're like, yes, but it's only 90% effective. Okay, but if everybody's vaccinated, it's still only 90% effective. So someone can still get COVID. There are people who can still get COVID. There are people who have been vaccinated who have gotten COVID. And of course, it's, it's less severe if you are vaccinated, if, should you get COVID, at least in theory. So you're never going to eradicate the virus. It's here to stay. Polio's still around. That's why you get the vaccine for polio, right? So you're never going to get rid of the COVID virus. And it will mutate, just like the flu mutates. So if you are one of these, I, I call these, these vaccine Nazis when it comes to COVID, um, I, I don't understand where this gets you. If you finally force everyone to do what you want them to do, which is what liberals do, if they want something, everybody has to do it. And if they don't want something, no one can do it. If they finally get their nirvana of everyone being vaccinated, are you never going to allow travel? No one can ever leave the country. No one can ever come into the country. Their dream of all of South and Central America coming into this country, they're coming in without COVID tests, people. So and 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 we just found out that there is let's see according to Axios three in, about three in ten immigrants are refused to get the vaccine. So you got about thirty percent of illegals coming here who refuse to get the vaccine. So that just butts right up against their wish for everyone to be forcibly vaccinated. It doesn't make sense. You're you're still going to have people who get COVID. So what are you going to tell them if and when? They knock on your door. 866-408-7669. Just very quickly, what Kathleen Sibillian said there were that we should put limitations on where unvaccinated people can go. You know, keep them in camp. Maybe we could build camps and keep them in the camps. You're seeing it when it comes to things like cruises. 
You have Norwegian Cruise Lines suing Florida because the state banned vaccine passports. Royal Caribbean, now if you have a vaccine, you get a special wristband. As opposed to, you know, like putting a big mark on the clothing of people who don't have vaccines. And if you don't have one of these special uh, wristbands, you can't get the full run of the ship. Um, you cannot walk into the sushi bar, the casino, the spa. Most of the upscale uh, fee for dining venues are off limits to you without a wristband. And if your kids are unvaccinated, then even if the parents are, you can't go into there. You can't see um, if you want to see any of the shows, you have to sit in a segregated area in the back of the theater. You can only use the gym during specified hours. The theme parties are only open to vaccinated guests. So why would anyone pay? why would anyone pay? And you have to pay to prove that you have travel insurance, trip insurance, should you get sick and need to be evacuated, and you have to pay for you know, like three tests that are required at different points on your trip. Why would anyone who's not vaccinated do that? I, I get that you love cruising, but really, I would just be like, fine, then cruising's only for vaccinated people. So be it. A lot of this doesn't make sense to me. Let's go to Florida. Jeanette in Live Oak. We're just talking about your state getting sued. Uh, hi, Jeanette. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So what are you going to do when they knock on your door? I don't think they'll even make it up my driveway. Um, we own 10 acres, so we're kind of out in a little small town that's real rural, and our driveway is really long. But on either side of our driveway, we have flags that say F Biden and F you for voting for him. So, I've seen those flags. My, my, my husband wants my husband wants one of those flags, but I live in Blue, New Jersey, and uh, on a on a somewhat busy street, especially in the summer because I live at the shore. I said, "Are you insane? They're going to burn our house down." So I will not allow him to have that. <laughs> so good for you. Aw, that's not cool. <laughs> and if they do make it to our door, we'll greet them like we do everybody, which is you know a boom boom in hand, just yes. in case. So are you afraid, though, of the, them knowing, automatically knowing your vaccinated, vaccination status and assuming that based on, you know, the flag you have? I actually don't worry about it. Um, they can know or they could not know. They could assume. They could not assume. Although if you assume things, it makes an ass out of you and me. True. So if they want to be, you know, the A words, let them. Um, but I refuse to allow the Democrats to put me on a plantation. Because that's what they want to do to everybody. The Democrats want to go back to pre-Civil War and have all of America on a plantation being taken care of by the government and told what you can and can't do. And I'm not going to tolerate it. Well, it is kind of their thing. You know, the whole plantation thing was pretty much their jam. So um, I <laughs> maybe they're just going... Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Back to, you know, everything old is new again. Jeanette, thank you. I appreciate you joining us. 866-408-7669. More from Kathleen Sebelius coming up about what she, when she was on CNN earlier this week, saying what you should or should not be allowed to do if you have chosen not to get the vaccine. 
And I, I can see us moving in this direction. I don't think, though, that unvaccinated Americans are going to stand for this for long. People who are vaccinated are all for this. If you're on social media, they think you shouldn't be you should only be able to have groceries delivered to your door and you should have to pay for it. And they believe in all these punitive measures that I, a lot of them, the people in Cuba right now are, are rioting and protesting about. Um, so it's kind of scary that people on the left think that this is acceptable just because they disagree with you. It's really, really scary. We also have more from the sainted Dr. Fauci. He hasn't given up. He's coming for you. I'm Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade, and you're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. We are in a situation where we have a wildly effective vaccine, multiple choices, lots available free of charge, and we have folks who are just saying, I won't do it. I think that it's time to say to those folks, it's fine. If you don't choose to get vaccinated, you may not come to work. You may not have access to a situation where you're going to put my grandchildren in jeopardy, where you might kill them, where you might put them in a situation where they're going to carry the vet the virus to someone in a high-risk position. That was uh, Kathleen Sebelius on CNN earlier this week. She was the former Obama administration's health and human services secretary. And what's scary about that is that she should know, and my hunch is she probably does, uh, but she should know that children, small children, if they get COVID, they have zero symptoms. It doesn't affect them. This is more uh, an older person disease. You're much more likely to get sick with it and have a bad outcome uh, if you are older. But uh, I saw a statistic. People who were hospitalized with COVID, about 80% of them were obese. That's your biggest comorbidity right there. Obesity. You can be older, have COVID and have no symptoms. I know someone who did and she's got, she's in her late seventies. She didn't know she had COVID. She had to go for a blood test. She had to go for some kind of test and they tested her and like, you have COVID. She's like, wait, what? She felt fine. Um, so, but listen, there are a lot of people who had negative outcomes and I'm not denying that people died from COVID. Of course they did. It was so new. We didn't know anything about it. We didn't know how to treat it. Um, but this idea, you know, she mentioned, she said, you may not be able to work. I know people who are going to college now who are young, who would have, who are very, stand a very little chance of having a negative outcome from COVID who are being forced to get the vaccine just to get an education. There are people who are being told that you, if you want to work here, you have to get the vaccine. I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation. And there were a lot of people, you know, I, I think we're going to be faced with that. And I'm just curious what you do, or maybe you've had that experience. 866-408-7669. Um, 
Now, the sainted, I want to go, I'm going to jump ahead here, Eric. I want to go to cut three and, and Dr. Fauci, excuse me, the sainted Dr. Fauci on Sunday. I mean, he's, he's, notice he's taken more of a lower profile since we now know a little bit more about what he knew and what he did, you know, um, that are odds at odds with each other. He, again, wants, he's echoing the same thing. He wants these vaccines mandated. I have been of this opinion, and I remain of that opinion, that I do believe at the local level, Jake, there should be more mandates. There really should be. We're talking about life and death situation. We've lost 600,000 Americans already, and we're still losing more people. So he wants your local government to mandate it again. This is going to separate Americans more with people picking up and moving to red states because they like the freedom. Just hope they don't vote for, you know, Democrats when they get there. 866-408-7669. Let's go to Florida. St. Cloud Carol, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hi. Um, I did have the people come to my door and I was out weeding and they were very aggressive and they wanted to know whether or not I had gotten the shot or not. And I told them there was no soliciting in my senior neighborhood and that if they didn't leave, I was calling the police. And they said, well, we're going to assume that you did not get the shot since you won't answer us and we're going to put you down as a no. And that was that. Wow. Wow. They were so, very aggressive. They very they came came like within a few feet of me, very aggressively. There was two of them. That's interesting. Uh, so see, and this is what I think they're going to do. If you refuse to answer their questions the way they want them answered, you go down as a no. And this is the problem with this, because I don't talk about my status. I don't think it's anyone's business. I don't talk about my other medical history. So why would I run around telling, telling total strangers about my medical history? You wouldn't do it for anything else. And yet we're expected to do it freely for this. And, and to me, that's a problem. I won't get tested for antibodies. I, I think I was very sick in the beginning of in March of 2020, like right in the beginning. I, I had the, like the flu, like a moderate flu for three days. So my husband's like, well, you want to get tested for antibodies? And I said, no, because I don't want the government to have any information on me one way or the other. I just don't. Um, and that's just more information that I'm going to have to give them. I've given them enough already. I don't want to give them more. So good for, I mean, good for you, Carol. If you have a non-solicitation, um, rule in your community, good for you saying, you know, no, you can't do this. Uh, Let's go to Rusty here because Rusty uh, has a good idea. And I was just going to say this to Carol Rusty in Dayton, Ohio, listening on WHIO. Rusty, you're on the Brian Kilmeade show. Hi. Hey, good morning. So what do you and I what, think? Well, everybody, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, go, tell tell us what your idea is because I think it's a I think it's a good idea. I think what everybody needs to do, you need to be ready to do this. You can get an app on your smartphone. You can have a traditional voice recorder, but everybody needs to be ready to, frankly, surreptitiously, if it's allowed in your state, it is as it is here in Ohio. It's a one party consent record state. 
check your local laws, of course. But you need to record these people because and give them plenty of rope to hang themselves with because you know these people are going to say outlandish things. We need to sue regularly and often to stop this, and we need to start using the proper terminology too, frankly. This isn't a vaccine, okay? It is – call it what it is. It's an experimental gene therapy shot is what this is. It is not a traditional vaccine. I, I like the idea and I was, of, of recording. I hate that. I hate that that's where we are in this country right now. But And I was going to say, oh, you don't have to do it surreptitiously. You know, you could just flat out let them know you're recording them. Um, you know, because it does take time, especially for seniors or people who aren't as technically savvy to be able to do it surreptitiously. That is uh, a hard thing to do. Uh, but if you do want them to be honest and you do want them to expose themselves for what they're doing, then you you need to do that because they're going to come back with false numbers if they are doing what Carol said they're doing, which is saying, well, you won't tell me, so I'm just going to assume that you're not. That's not how you, you canvass a neighborhood. But this isn't about canvassing. They say this is about handing out information. They're going to give you a pamphlet to inform you about, co- about the COVID vaccine or whatever, the experimental gene therapy, if you want to call it that. That's what, And I, I find that hard to believe because I don't know of anyone who doesn't know that there's a vaccine. I think we spent millions and millions of dollars on getting that message out. So if you are mildly aware, like just, just cognizant, not in some kind of a coma, you should be aware that there's a vaccine out there for you. And it's free. There's signs everywhere you go. You cannot pass a pharmacy. Thank you, Rusty. You cannot pass a pharmacy. You can't pass a a doctor's office without these signs that say free COVID vaccines, no cost to you. They're everywhere. And if we're, are we really trying to reach? So are we really trying to educate that 0.01% that is just only mildly breathing, uh, mildly aware? Is that who we're trying to get to? Or is this something else? And I think this is something else. I think this is about getting an idea of, of, of getting the names of the people who refuse to be get vaccinated. That's what this is about. Because they can't go to your doctor and demand the files. And they know that. So times like these, my tinfoil hat goes on. And I say, hmm, why are they spending so much money to do this? What am I missing here? And then I look at it and I say, well, that kind of sounds valid. They're spending a lot of money. They're super concerned about my health, which I'm so glad that the government is so concerned about my health. But then I look at other things they're doing, like releasing illegals into my neighborhood and they haven't been tested for COVID at all. And the estimate, since we we don't even know, they won't even give us the numbers of illegals who refuse the vaccine that they get their privacy. You and I, no, no, no. We, we have to give them the information though. If you're a citizen, you are under the thumb of the government. If you walked across the border and you're here illegally, come on in, vote Democrat. And we won't ask you any probing questions, anything bothersome. So when I hear that, I'm sorry, but that part of my brain kind of flips on and says, huh, this doesn't make sense. What are they hiding here? And I hate to be that way, but I, but they forced me to be that way. There was such mixed messaging coming out of this administration that I, I don't know what to believe. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, when Donald Trump was president, was talking about this vaccine. They said they wouldn't take, they wouldn't trust a vaccine that was developed under the Trump administration. This vaccine was developed under the Trump administration. Now it's suddenly good. What happened? What happened? 
So I, I think a lot of this in this vaccine hesitancy, this stubborn vaccine hesitancy that still remains, is their own making and their own doing. And I say, you, you know, especially for something that for the vast majority of people has over a 99% survivability, again, depending on your age and comorbidities, but you should know that by now. Um, you know, why? And coming up, I'm going to share with you uh, something from Stuart Varney's show with an Olympic athlete when he was asked about taking the vaccine. I'll get to your calls as well. 866-408-7669. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Coming to you on a need-to-know basis because, man, do you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. I've not taken the vaccine, and I won't. Um, and the reason being, I'm an elite athlete. I, everything we take and put in our body is very calculated. Um, you know, with, with the period going into Olympic trials, I didn't want to risk any time out of the pool. And the fact that the uh, effectiveness of the vaccine is lower than the risk of me getting COVID, I just realized it wasn't quite necessary and wasn't smart on my part um, in terms of preparation going into the games. All right, that is um, and Michael Andrew. He's an Olympic swimmer for Team USA, and he was speaking with Stuart Varney earlier this week. And Stuart asked him about being public about his decision and the response that he's gotten. Here's what he said. Have you got any backlash because you've said publicly you're not getting the jab? Yeah, it's uh, been incredible. You know, my entire career I've been used to doing things differently, um, kind of being in the eyes for going against the the stream and you know we aren't anti-vax it's not that we're doing this intentionally it's an educated decision uh, as educated as possible but this is the first time i really received i guess like hate messages kind of things Uh, it's been pretty interesting on my youtube channels my my uh instagram really anywhere it's been pretty harsh but at the same time there's a lot of support um family friends and those that are on on the same side understand and it's been really really great He's in great shape. He's young. His risk of severe disease is very small. But at the same time, he knows that there's a risk of maybe harming his uh, Olympic chances. God forbid something goes wrong with the vaccine. So he's making a calculated decision on his own. But if the left had their way, he wouldn't be allowed to represent Team USA. He wouldn't be allowed to do that because we, uh, meaning anyone who has not been vaccinated or anyone who chooses not to display or publicly announce their vaccination status. And there are people who have been vaccinated who refuse to make that information public. They don't like the idea. I hate the idea of having to show my papers or prove something to my employer uh, for something that for a lot of people is a very, very small risk. So um, when they come door to door, we're talking about what you're going to say to them when they knock on your door and demand your papers. 866-408-7669. How are you going to handle it? Malcolm in Tennessee listening on The Hub. Hey, Malcolm, you're on The Brian Kilmeade Show. 
Hey, how's it going? Doing great. So what are you going to do? All right. So here's my mission. I know this is all complicated and stuff, but I like simple solutions. I say go down to your local store or big box brick and mortar store and get a no soliciting sign. Put that up on your door. And I say just don't even answer if you see people at your door. Yeah, it's it's a good I that that is pretty much my my plan of attack is just saying, you know, just not answering the door and just let them, you know, wander around my property trying to find, you know, somebody around somebody home. And I'm just going to have to, I guess, low crawl past windows, which is insane. Um, But, you know, like that one woman was caught outside. She was outside weeding or gardening and they got her. Right. You know, and I live in. I live in a sketchy part of town. You know, it's it's on its way up to being gentrified. But, I mean, I'm not going to be outside. But I think this is the best thing to do. And this sounds very familiar to something that happened back in World War II or before World War II happened in Germany. Very similar. Mm. It also happened in this country during World War II. I believe we put camps together and rounded up all the Japanese Americans, right? And Chinese Americans, Asian Americans, period, and, and, and put them in camps because we didn't trust them and didn't think they should be able to work. And we were so afraid of them that we restricted their movements. I, I think that that sounds a little familiar to me. But remember, if you don't know history, you are doomed to repeat it. Let's go to Karen in Florida on WOKV. Karen in Jacksonville, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, my uh, husband and I were talking about this last night about going door to door, and uh, we kind of had a little bit of dispute about it because I think it's none of their business. Mm-hmm. But he said that he thinks that all adults should be vaccinated especially because of the Delta version of the COVID-19. He said that it's affecting smaller children in larger doses, and he's afraid that it's going to wipe out a whole generation of children. Well, remember um, the, what was it, the swine flu. The swine flu attacked children much more than it attacked adults. And we didn't do anything. We, my, my, my niece got it. She was sick. Uh, but we didn't keep them out of school. Uh, and, and I guess the question is, is how many, like how many is a lot? How, I, how many kids are being affected by this? How many kids are, are now being hospitalized from it? What are the numbers? Well, I don't have the numbers. I really don't know. Um, and I don't think he knows either. But he just watches, believe it or not, he's a Republican, but he watches liberal news. And he gets all these broad ideas that children are going to die because um, adults are not being responsible. And if all the adults were responsible, the children would get uh, herd immunity and then they would um, not have a whole generation be wiped out. But honestly, I don't have the science facts of how many children are in the hospital because of the Delta. Yeah, and that's something that you need to know because that's the first thing I've heard of this. Uh, Thank you very much, Karen. I appreciate you joining us on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, That's the thing you need to know when you talk about this stuff. I watch liberal news, too. I do that um, just because I want to see what the other side is saying, and I think that it's healthy to get that information. Uh, But 
you got to have the numbers and you got to have the facts. How much is a lot? Is it affecting more children than, than regular COVID? Maybe. But by how much? You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Yes, I am back, sitting in the seat today and tomorrow. Very excited about that. So, so happy to be with you. So let's kick this hour off with some great conversation. Joining us now, Senator Rick Scott. Sir, thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. Great, Mary. It's great to be with you today. So, I, you know, it's funny. I was saying uh, when, when I prepare this show I, you know, or any show that I'm doing, you know, I would say, oh, you know, there's really not a lot out there to talk about. And then I start to, you know, like really dig into the news. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the world's lost its mind. <laughs> oh, it's, like, it's, you know, it's horrible what's going on. You know, D.C., nothing good is coming out of Washington, D.C. Then you look down at Cuba and, the, you know, we see these atrocities by the Castro regime. And then you watch Joe Biden do nothing about it. So. It's, it's a tough time in the world right now. Well, let, let's talk about Cuba since you brought that up, because that is one of the things that we wanted to discuss. Um, you have the White House and you have Bernie Sanders and AOC and Patrice Coulors and all these other Marxists, you know, who are doing quite well in a capitalist society, oddly silent about freeing these people and, and, and how, how protest is patriotism. You're not getting anything out of these people. What does that say about the current state of this country? Well, if they think that the Castro regime is such a great place, great government, why don't they move there? Why don't they – I mean I don't hear about people trying to flocking on to Cuba's shores and say we want to live under socialism and communism. I mean I'm very um, – you know, I just feel so good for the people that are willing to stand up for freedom, and your heart goes out to them, what they're going through. Their peaceful tr- protesters are being beat up. Uh, you have a lot of leaders now that are missing. We don't know where they are. Uh, then you've got Black Lives Matter out there and saying it's all America's fault. Uh, no, it is called socialism. I mean, socialism always ends up in in people doing this. And the only way governments keep their power is they're oppressive. That's what this government is. But you look at you look at AOC and you look at Bernie Sanders. You look at Raphael Warnock from Georgia. They're they, you know they're all Marxist. Uh, communists, and they're not saying a word because they see what's going on. These people don't have food, water, medicine, electricity. So socialism always does this. And uh, you know, the Democrats ought to, ought to acknowledge that this is what they want for this country because that's, what, that's exactly where the Democrats are. They're into socialism. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm clearly – I want people to have the opportunity to live the dream of this country. Of course, you know, if they, if they were smart, which I have to say a lot of times, I think the Democrats are much smarter than the Republicans when it comes to to um, playing the game. But if these if Bernie Sanders and AOC and the rest of these uh, Marxists and proud socialists were smart, they would come out and say, we condemn this. This isn't what we want. This isn't democratic socialism. Where did that term go? Remember, we kept hearing democratic socialism oh, for the no. longest time and how it's different. Now, all of a sudden, we don't hear that anymore. Now, we've just blown right past that into Marxism right now. 
And I wonder if that's why they're not saying anything. Well, I think what they found out is that socialism doesn't sell well in election time. Ah, there I mean, you go. If you look at, if you if you look, you know, if you look in, at people that have come to the United States, whether they've, they've come from Latin America or they've come from Eastern Europe, they 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 got out of that. If they've come from China, they said, "Look, I don't, I, I know that I don't have any rights there." I mean, you know, you don't have, you don't hear any immigration into. Iran mm-hmm. or into China or Cuba or, or, or Venezuela. No, people are flocking out of there because of how bad it is. Yeah. And the Democrats are known for socialism now. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk about, can we talk about the uh, UN Human Rights Council? And I'm using all three of those words um, just totally loosely because they don't make any sense if you put them all together. It's an oxymoron. Cuba is on the Human Rights Council. Oh, Where right. is the UN on this? What have they, have they put out any kind of statement? I've not seen anything. And on top of that, I think Maduro's on it, too, uh, in Venezuela, who's, <laughs> who's committing genocide against his own people. So this is – the U.N. has become such a joke. I mean, what, what, what are they doing that's helping human rights anywhere in the world? I mean, they, they, they basically go and, and try to defend Hamas versus a, our own, the only democracy uh, in the Middle East, Israel. They never, they never attack Hamas. They never attack Hezbollah. They never say, oh, what Cuba's doing is horrible. I mean, I showed pictures when I did a press conference on Tuesday, all these protesters being be, taken you know, by force. And then we don't know what happened. We don't know what's happening to these people. There's no transparency of what they're doing. They, I mean, the, the, guy lead, the, the dictator leading Cuba right now doesn't know how many people they've arrested. And he has no idea what's happened to him. Well, we know what's happened to him. They're, they're, they're being treated horribly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the UN has become such a joke in so many ways. Uh, but the Human Rights Council is one of the biggest jokes. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to, you know, their their leader not knowing how many people have been arrested, I kind of have to give them a free pass because our leader doesn't know what day it is. So we can't really throw stones anymore. Uh, what should we do as far as Cuba? What should the United States do? You've got a prominent Cuban Americans speaking out, calling for military intervention from the United States. They want a coalition of countries, of course, led by the United States uh, into Cuba to take this, this time now to do that. We didn't do it in Hong Kong, right? We didn't do anything to help the the Hong Kong people. I don't see us doing anything to help the Cubans either. Should we? I think the first role we should leave is we should be the beacon of hope. We should be the president of the United States should, he says he wants to be in all these international clubs. We'll now be a good club member and get Boris Johnson and Merkel and Macron and others uh, to be very vocal that what's going on in Cuba is wrong. Um, but you know, if you, if you watch Biden's always, you know, Biden's an appeaser. I mean, he's, he has never, I can't think of one time his entire career he's ever stood up to a dictator. And he's done nothing here. And the European Union's done nothing here. Uh, so, you know, Joe Biden needs to stand up, get a backbone, um, and then call on the world community to say, we have to let everybody know. We, he needs to, he can get on television and show the pictures of exactly what's going on with these peaceful protesters and say, where is, you know, as an example, uh, Jose Daniel Ferrer, one of the, one of the activists. Where is where is he? Where's his 18 year old son? Why did you? Why did the government take him? And so, but no, Joe Biden's sitting, you know, sitting at the White House, doing on a daily basis. I have no idea what he does. 
Yeah, well, just keeping him upright, I think, is the big task at this point. You know, what are we to make of the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, uh, invest, inviting the U.N. to investigate racism in the U.S. instead of the I mean, Cuba crisis? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's going back to the Obama, oh, gosh, you, you know, we are not a great country. We're not exceptional. That's exactly what this is. Blinken, Biden, they don't believe in the exceptionalism of this country. They don't believe that we that we are the beacon of hope for the whole world. They want to talk. All they want to do is 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 talk about our, the things that we have to work on. We look. There's there's things we clearly need to work on. We've got to make sure everybody has an opportunity to live the dream of this country. But why? If we're so bad, why do people want to flock into our country? Why aren't they going into all these other countries? Who at the U.N. has the moral authority to come and tell us that the country that people are, are working so hard to get into, that they can tell us how, to, how we should be uh, dealing with race relations? Why don't they go, you know, yeah. you know go, what did the Bible say? You know, you get the, you, what do you get the, um, the, the, uh, uh, the spinner out of your own eye before? But yes. I mean, that's what we ought to do, be doing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I just think this is all just so just so hypocritical and so blatant. But, you know, I think President Trump broke their brains. And so they just they just can't function at this point in the game. Everything is what would Trump do? We have to do the opposite. I, I would like to move on to COVID. Um, you know, going door to door, they're starting to do that. And we're being told that these are trusted doctors and, and faith leaders. I don't know a doctor who has this kind of time to go door to door, number one. And number two, should that make a difference that I'm telling a doctor my medical records, you know, telling the do- a doctor my medical history? I thought we had, I thought we were supposed to have privacy of our medical records. I mean, isn't that that what we have in this country, HIPAA? And don't we have some privacy? What, and, and by the way, we who doesn't know about the vaccine today? I mean, who doesn't? I mean, Thank you. there is so much information about the vaccine. And so all this is an is intimidation of people uh, to go get the vaccine. Let, pe- let Americans make their choices. If I want to have the vaccine, that's my choice. I mean, I got the vaccine. I believe others should get the vaccine. But if you decide you don't want to get the vaccine, that's a decision you get to make. Why should the government be pushing people to put something in their body that they are not comfortable with? So, well, I mean, everybody has had had access to the vaccine. It's not like we don't have access to the vaccine anywhere in this country. Uh, so I think that this is not what the federal government should be doing. The federal government should be providing us information. Let us make our own choices Quit trying to intimidate us. Yeah, and that's the thing. People are going to be intimidated. But the other part of this is I think if you, if you don't tell them, if you refuse, and there are people who are vaccinated who don't want to have to show their papers, don't like this one bit because of our uh, we don't have to do that in this country. They're not going to tell them. They're going to be marked down as not having gotten the vaccine because they know they can't go get your medical records, although they can because you, you know we have electronic health records now that the government can have access to if they want to. They can get into your electronic medical record. Um, so, so they're just going to mark you down as not having the vaccine. If you refuse to answer, it's kind of a no win. Well, first off, they shouldn't be, the federal government shouldn't be doing this. State government should be, no one should be doing this. But they are. Let us all make our own choices. I mean, Americans want to be safe. There's plenty of information. If you want to, if you want to learn more about the vaccine, there's plenty of information. There's plenty of people that are saying, uh, this, you know, you should go get the vaccine. But if you make that choice, it's your choice. 
Yeah. That's what the, that's part of the why we live we want to live in this country. We get to make our own choices. We get to decide what we put into our bodies. You don't get to decide government. Yeah, no, I agree with you. In the time that we have left, just very quickly, I want to ask you about I- inflation in the supply chain as well. I had to run errands yesterday, which is one of my least favorite things in the entire world because people have gotten dumber since COVID. They're just more annoying now. Um, I, I think people just forgot how to behave in public. So I had to run errands. I had to go to a couple places. I walked out of two stores because I couldn't find anyone to help me. Number one, I couldn't find dressing room that was open. People, there were no cashiers in some of these stores. I walked out of two stores without buying anything because of that. And another store I went to, the shelves were empty. It looked like they had been robbed. What's going on? And everything's well, more expensive one. too. Number one, the Democrats have pushed legislation that says they're paying people more not to work than the work. Why would we be doing that? That's number one. Number two is look at what's happened with inflation. If anything you bought this year, right now, your dollar, your dollar, you know, is, is up five percent on average, and it's going to continue to go up because we saw the producer price index says it's going to be up over seven percent. But look at gas. Gas in the last year is up a dollar. Who is this hurting? It's not the rich. It's hurting the people on fixed income. It's hurting the poor. When when they see when they see their cost of gas going up every week, right? They have less money to put food on the table. I grew up in a very poor family. I watched my parents struggle for uh, for money. I watched them deal with inflation, and they didn't know what the groceries are going to cost that day. And it was very difficult for my parents because of that. And that's exactly what's going on. And everything in this country seems like it's going up right now. It, it it is. I I was I was looking at some of the prices, uh, in in some of these stores that actually had merchandise. Some of these department stores that I was in, I had, in two different department stores or three, or, uh, two of them looked like they had been robbed. And, and listen, in yeah. 2021, there's a good possibility that a gang just went through there and just stole everything because you're allowed to do that now. But that wasn't the case. They just didn't have the merchandise to sell. And they said, Oh yeah, we're not expecting, I mean, like bath towels. We're not expecting new bath towels in until uh, the, you know, the, the end of the month, the 28th or something like that. This is ridiculous. I've never seen anything like this. It reminded me of pictures of like Venezuela or, or pre COVID right. when you couldn't buy toilet paper for some weird reason, or you couldn't get broccoli or spam or whatever it happened to be. And you had empty shelves. And I'm just wondering, is this the new normal now that you're not going to be able to get certain things anymore? Well, if the government's paying people not to work, guess what? Yeah. They're not going to work. All right, that's exactly yeah. what they're doing. All right, and then you look at inflation now. It's, we're making it very difficult for poor families and people on fixed income and our small businesses. One quick question because we've got to run. Um, I I forgot to ask this under the COVID thing, and I just love this. I to me this shows a lot of chutzpah. But you've got uh, you've got Governor DeSantis uh, selling T-shirts and koozies, beer koozies, uh, soda koozies that say "Don't Fauci my Florida." Um, to me, it's very Trumpian in in its hubris. What do you think about it? Well, I, clearly, what we've done in Florida is our, we're open for business. Our schools are open, and guess what? People are flocking to our state. They say, I want the freedom to be able to get a job, uh, to be able to buy a house, to not have a government dictate my life. And so that's what we've got to keep doing. We need to do it in Florida. We need to do it all over this country. Let's go back to a country that says you have the right to make your own decisions and make your own choices, and you're not working for government. 
Yeah. Well, I, I just hope that all the people fleeing to Florida, and I know so many people who have left states like New Jersey and New York and, and other states that are that are blue and they're going to Florida. And um, I know people who've lived there for a long time who are saying, just don't come down here and vote for a Democrat. That's all we want is please don't come down here and vote blue. Senator Rick Scott, thank you so much for your time. You were so generous with it, and I really appreciate it. Bye, Mary. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. 866-408-7669 is the number. Take your calls, your comments on what you just heard the senator have to say on all of the topics, Cuba, COVID, and inflation, all coming up here on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Challenging conventional thought and wisdom. You're with Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. And I'm Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade today. I'll be with you again tomorrow. Very happy about that. We were just speaking with Senator Rick Scott, and we were, we did touch we touched on COVID, obviously, and about them going door to door and, and knocking on your door. And and you know, somebody sent me a message and said, if the vaccine's so great and the vaccine is is you know so effective and doesn't have a lot of side effects, all these things that people say that they're worried about then you wouldn't need to have an ad campaign. You wouldn't need to be spending millions of dollars and sending people out to basically intimidate people into getting it. You wouldn't need to censor people on social media. You wouldn't need to threaten people who question it. You wouldn't need to block people who who question it and, and, and basically just squash any dissent or anyone who has an opinion other than the, than the vaccine's the greatest thing ever. This is better. This is better than the than the polio vaccine. This is this is better, you know, than penicillin. And I think they have a point. When people have a fear, um, educate them, and that's what they say they're doing. They say that they're educating you with a pamphlet from the government about why you should get it. Now, mail me the pamphlet. Why are we spending money to send um, a bunch of people from left or left leaning organizations to your home? In my book. That's just to intimidate me. Like, I'm not going to answer my door now. Like, I, now, now I have to wonder who's at the door and whether it's safe to answer or not. And, and now this is just a pain in the butt. Uh, so so I think that's, a, that's a, a great question. One of the things I want to talk about here is um, some polling by Gallup. And they talked about the split in America. And I'm going to tell you about the split when it comes to COVID and a whole bunch of other things as well. And can we get back together ever again? With Fox News Podcasts Plus, you can enjoy all your favorite Fox News Podcasts without commercials. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcasts.com. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. I'm Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade. 866-408-7669 is my number. So there's a poll out from Gallup, and it, it touches on a lot of things that are that are, I think a lot of us are talking about. And one of those is... Um, COVID and schools. And I have been saying for a while now that if there is a blessing that has come out of COVID, it's been that parents finally have woken up to what their kids have been learning in school for a year 
parents were actually in the classroom with their children. They got to hear some of what was going on and they weren't happy. And this is not just conservative parents. There's also Democrat parents. There's middle, there, there are independent parents, libertarian parents. I think the only people who were, you know, not shocked to a certain extent, um, far left. I have plenty of friends who are liberals, who are Democrats, who were surprised by what their kids were learning in the classroom and they didn't like it. And, you know, we found common ground, which to me is one of the blessings to come out of COVID because I'm seeing more parent parents who took their kids, you know, the kids were home from school and got tired of it, couldn't get their kids back in school. They needed to work. They couldn't work from home. You know, the struggle we've talked about it and they put their kids in Catholic school or some kind of parochial school and private schools because those schools managed to open up. It was amazing how Catholic schools managed to open up and run classes when the public schools were shut down. Why? No teachers union. We now know that. We now know the teachers union had a hand in crafting when schools were going to be open, if and when. We know that the, that the, that the um, administration ceded to them. So that is one of the reasons why public uh, public schools weren't open, but you saw kids going to school in Catholic schools and other private schools. And and, and so th- this plays in here because look at Tennessee. This is just one more thing. And, and well, let me give you this number first, and I'll tell you what Tennessee is doing. This Gallup poll talked about the difference in trust and what what Americans trust, and they broke it down by party. Now, Democrats trust public schools. of Democrats say they trust public schools. Republicans, only 20% say they trust that. Now, I thought the number for Democrats would be much higher, but to me, when I see only 43% of Democrats trusting public schools, that says to me that they heard what was being taught in their kids' classroom and they don't like it. They also don't like the teachers' union holding them hostage. I, I don't I don't think that resonates with Democrats either. That is not just a Republican issue. And you see it in this number, 43 to 20 percent, but only 20 percent of Republicans trusting public schools. This is a big deal and no one's talking about it. This is not allowed to be said because the teachers union is in charge here and they're holding your kids hostage. They're holding your kids education hostage. That which when you hold a kid's education hostage and they lose a year of progress, you're holding their future hostage. We're going to have an entire generation that is having side effects of bad outcomes, mental health wise. We're seeing it all over. We're seeing it, you know, social adjustment, uh, getting back into the classroom, learning and how far behind they all now are now. And we're seeing it with parents who are just frustrated and not happy with between the kids not going back but also not happy with what the kids are going back to. So does this change the fields when it comes to education? Do parents finally get involved in their kids' education? Do parents maybe finally vote in a school board election? Very few people vote in school board elections. Most people don't. And most people just, if they do vote, there's only three people running and you got to pick three. So you're like, oh, okay, there you go. Now, so 866-408-7669, that's one of the things um, that come out of this poll that I wanted to talk about. The Tennessee Department of Health announced that they're going to halt any kind of vaccine outreach, not just for COVID, but for all diseases that is targeted to adolescents. Now, if the health department has to issue any information about vaccines, staff are being instructed to strip the agency logo off 
the documents because this is what the left is doing. They're targeting your children and telling your children that you need this, whatever it happens to be, whether it's COVID or some other vaccine, you need this for your health. And you tell your parents that you want this and they're manipulating the children to, to get to manipulate the parents. And I because I'm a dinosaur, firmly believe that a parent should be making the vast majority of their health decisions for the children. The children shouldn't be making those decisions. I'm really sorry if your six-year-old boy really thinks that he's a unicorn doesn't mean that you take him to a plastic surgeon and have a horn implanted on his head. Okay. I, I, same thing if he really believes he's a girl, you tell him to put on a pair of pants and go to school. He can be a girl on weekends if that's the way he really feels. So I just think that, that that they're taking that power away from the parents. So I like what Tennessee is doing. And you know they're doing the right thing because the left is losing their mind over this. Chelsea Clinton tweeted out, this is so disturbing. Public health officials in Tennessee should be encouraging teenagers to get vaccinated, not capitulating to anti-vaxxers. Teens who don't get vaccinated against COVID-19 are at a greater risk of hospitalization, death, and long-haul COVID. Yeah, where, where are the stats, Chelsea? Show me the stats. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. 866-408-7669. Is this where the Democrats are losing the culture war? They've won the culture war for so long because the Republicans allowed them to do so. Republicans didn't fight back. And was COVID the magic bullet in the sense that parents now are aware of what their kids are learning in the classroom? And Again, Democrats say they trust the public schools, 43% of Democrats. That's not a lot in the big picture. The majority don't trust the schools. And Republicans, only 20%. Do we start to see more parents pull their kids out of school? Have you done it? Maybe you decided, I'm just going to homeschool. You know, I've been doing it for over a year. We made it work. I'm just going to continue to do it. If you can do that, I think you're going to see more parents homeschooling your kids. You're going to see more parents taking them out and you're going to see the fewer kids that are in public school. You're taking power away from the union. And in my book, the teachers union has proven to me that they don't deserve the power that they have. They shouldn't have had it to begin with, but in my world right now, they really, really, really don't deserve that power. 866-408-7669. is my number. Uh, Let's go to Chris in Orlando on WDBO. Chris, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good, thank you. Um, I just wanted to cover a couple things. I said if the COVID witnesses come to my door, first of all, I'm going to record the uh, interaction. You're in public. You have the right to. Um, And what happened to my body, my choice? (laughs) (laughs) that only comes uh that only comes into play when you're killing babies of course of course um and like mr scott covered what about hipaa laws do they not apply anymore well you know hipaa only applies having a husband who is a physician hipaa only applies to your physician and then like insurance companies or things like that, you know, the people who tr- uh, who transmit electron uh, who transmit health records. So uh, if I you general- if you give your doctor permission to release your health records to you know the insurance company, which you pretty much have to do if it's going on your insurance, 
that's protected by HIPAA. You have to give them that permission. And if you don't, then they don't transmit the records and you don't get your insurance coverage. Um, and there are Got certain it. people that you can list on that form, like your spouse or your mother or, or whomever. After that, okay. they are not allowed to give that information out if you don't give the permission. And in general, I've never had anything good given to me for free, much less incentivized. <laughs> I just don't understand uh, why people are falling for it. <laughs> because you know why? Because it's virtue signaling from the left at its finest. That's all. That's what they do. They virtue signal because they're better than you. They truly believe that they are smarter than you. That you need that you need the government to tell you what to do. Look what they say about African Americans in this country. I have said for decades that the Democrats are some of the most racist people ever. They assume that African Americans are too stupid to be able to get an ID. They assume that people in the middle of the country, you know, the white hicks who vote for Trump, they don't even know how to make a photocopy. That's what they think. The people on the coasts who, you know, posted pictures of their vaccine cards online and everything else, they're smarter than the rest of you, and they virtue signal all the time. They think they hold the, high, uh, the holy high ground, and they want to let you know that. And if you don't agree with them, you are wrong, you're an idiot, and, and you know, a deplorable, and, and every other word that you can put in there that, that they think of you. You know, you shop at Walmart. My God, what's wrong with you? That's the way they are. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, when it. When it comes to the kids in schools, and I know we've talked about this before, do you agree? Have you seen a shift with your friends maybe who are more liberal-leaning, who are more Democrat-leaning, where you have found common ground with them on schools the way I have? Because that, to me, was something I was like, wow, okay, maybe there is something here. Maybe we're not as divided as we think. Mark in Las Vegas, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hey, hi, Mary. Gosh, I've been on for an hour waiting. Thank you for uh, taking me, finally. I'm trying to get through traffic now. So my my question is um, not actually about HIPAA now, because that was answered apparently by the last caller. Because uh, that was my response. I thought, as a, as a health insurance agent, you can't just knock on someone's door and ask for health and information, health care, you know, record and whatever. But right. the other question is, well, why would they be doing that if the government already knows? Well, I live in Nevada. The government already knows I've been vaccinated. They're That's doing a, a lottery point. today, the second one of this month, uh, to give out money for those that are vaccinated. And I'm automatically entered, and, and I found out, yeah, they've already got my vaccine record. <laughs> it, it's it's on their uh, website, you know. That's so that that is, you know what. I I'm I'm glad you held on because that is a really smart point, Mark. You're absolutely right. I know when my husband wanted me to get the um, the um, early early last year in March of last year, the March 10th when I got really sick, um, and he said to me, he said, "Can you breathe?" And I said, "Yes." He goes, "You're not going to the hospital." Um, I just had a really bad flu. That's how we treated it, but it very well could have been COVID. So I said, "Well, you know," he's like, "If you want to find out, let's let's get the the titers to see if you have you know have it in your system." I said. No, because I don't want the government to know. And this was in March of last year. I, I didn't because the states are keeping databases on those who have been vaccinated and those who haven't. So you're 100% right, and that is brilliant. So what do you think it's about then? I started yelling at them, why are you wasting our money, our taxpayer money, knocking on my door for an answer to a question you already have the answer to if you just type some uh, keys on a keyboard on a computer in your so office. 
So what's the yeah, answer? Why are they doing it? I I don't know because they're trying to intimidate people, probably as you say. I think I've heard something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, to getting vaccine, I, I'm of the opinion. You know, people can decide whether they want to, want to vote or not. Why Why should we in, be intimidated into voting? We can't be. They can't do this for a medical reason either. You have a choice. We're Americans. It's our free choice. We want yeah. our country to be free. So I'm going to turn around and get the hell out of the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much. I'm glad you held on. And please drive carefully. 866-408-7669. I'm going to get to more of your calls coming up on this gap regarding schools and what Tennessee is doing, saying you're no longer able, we're not going to allow you to target the kids and lecture to them about what their parents should and should not do. It starts with healthcare and it's going to go to other things. You're going to see, listen, they're telling adults to, to report your neighbors who talked about being at the uh, January 6th at the Capitol and report them and rat on them. And they did it in droves, you know, report enemies of the state. That's what's happening. And there's now they're going to be telling the kids to let the teacher know if any of your parents were in were at the Washington rally. We want to know that's where it's going to go. Let tell, tell, tell your teacher if your parents voted for Trump. That's what is happening here. Tennessee trying to stop it. And they're doing it with the vaccines to start out with. And I think that that this needs obviously needs to be nipped in the bud. So glad to see some states are doing it. 866-408-7669. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Now, Brian's not here today. I'm Mary Walter with you today and tomorrow here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Um, Talking about COVID, schools, and the effect of parents now knowing what is happening um, in their kids' classroom. And how it has just totally eroded the trust in public schools. And, and I think before this, a lot of parents just, you know, are like, oh, yeah, sure. My kid's learning. We've got, I moved to this area for the schools. How many people said that, right? I moved to this area because the schools are so good. And that's why my taxes are pay more. But we have really good schools. Uh, and, and now you're seeing twice as many Democrats trusting public schools than Republicans trusting public schools. But it's only 20% of Republicans and only 43% of Democrats. It's still fewer than 50% of either group that trust public schools. That's huge. And what kind of impact is that going to have on the public schools? And, and, and talking about whether, um, whether that has changed your public schooling at all. You know, have you gone to another school uh, or chosen to homeschool your children. We were also talking about um, them going door to door, knocking on your door to find out if you have been vaccinated. And our last caller, Mark, making a really good point. He said, they already know. Because when you get your vaccine, they take your name and your address and your social security number and all this other stuff. They get all this information. And every state has a database to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. So that they can send you a reminder when it's time for your second injection. If you have one of the, the two injection um vaccines, right? You get a reminder. How do they know to send you the reminder? Because they know you got the first shot. 
So why are they going door to door then? They already know the homes of the people who have not been vaccinated because they're not in the state system. A couple of, as he said, a couple of keystrokes and, you know, give a 15 year old half an hour. They can probably generate an entire list of every household in your state in which there is someone who has not been vaccinated. So if they want you to be educated, why can't they just send you a mailer? Why are they sending people associated with liberal groups to your door? 866-408-7669. Tracy in Michigan. Tracy, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hi, Mary. I just wondered if, if there are any other parents out there who work out of the home and they have their young teen at home staying by themselves. I worry about um, this becoming um, a fact that they are going to be going to door to door. And it scares me to think that my son is going to be answering that door. You know, what's he going to do? What are they going to do? Um, Are they going to come into our workplaces during the day, too? Uh, What about when school starts back up? Will they be going into the schools and demanding that all the students get vaccinated right then and there? Well, first of all, when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to answer the door if it was a stranger. You know, even as teenagers, my parents like, if we're not home, you do not answer the door if it's a stranger. I don't care how old you are. If there's no one else in the house, you don't answer the door. So there's that. So, you know, you know if, if, you're, if your son is home alone, you have that option. And as far as them coming into the schools, this is one of those things, Tracy, and I'm so glad you brought it up, why Tennessee is, is saying, no, you cannot proselytize to the children. You can't talk to them about the virus or any, uh, any vaccine, excuse me, talk about the vaccine or any vaccine. We're not going to allow it. And I think as parents get more involved in their kids' education, they're going to start asking questions like you're asking and being more aware about it. And that is good. I'm Mary Welter. You're on The Brian Kilmeade Show. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Yes, I'm sitting in the seat for Brian Kilmeade. It's a very, very comfy seat, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. As well, let's talk inflation, shall we? So yesterday was a day that I dread. I had to run errands yesterday. And when I run errands, I I run my list of like, so I do it efficiently. So I don't have to backtrack so I can get them done quickly. Um, And, you know, just just boom, boom, boom. Because if I have to backtrack, then I get annoyed. So, So I did all that. But I had some bumps along the way. So, and I I want to talk about prices and I want to talk about lack of inventory and what we're starting to see as America reopens. This is a Fox business report on what I was seeing and I think you're seeing as well. What has changed in the past year is how much we're paying for a gallon of milk at the grocery store. It's gone up, driven by the price for gasoline and labor shortages. Right now, it's about $3.50 on average across the country, up from $3.21, and now more than the average price for a gallon of gas. The experts tell me that it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And it's not just milk at the stores. It's also the price of bacon. That's up 13% over last year. Citrus fruits, those are up 9% or more. 
So if you're seeing those costs going up, no, you're not imagining it. They're going up. Let's discuss all of this with Charles Payne, the host of Making Money on the Fox Business Channel. You can find him on Twitter at CVPayne, P-A-Y-N-E. Follow him. I do. Charles, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Thank you. So let's talk about something. We we heard heard a report that came out yesterday that the producer price index rose 7.3% in June from 12 months earlier. And this is the largest demand since the data, this 12-month data was first introduced in 2010. Um, Compared with May, it rose 1%. That sounds much more palatable. What is the producer price index so people understand what we're talking about? It's the, it's the cost for people who make the things that we consume. So right now in front of me, I've got a bottle of Pellegrino. So Ooh. the person, the company that made this had to pay for the glass, had to pay for the paper, the adhesive, uh, the glue to keep the, to, to, to put the stuff on, uh, and, and everything else involved with the creation of this product. That's their cost. So when their costs start to go up prohibitively, at some point they have to find a way to pass it on to us, the consumer. Mm -hmm. So that's why that number is really important. And I will say uh, that even though 1% obviously sounds a lot less frightening than 7%, you've got an interesting factor here. They call it baseline. Remember a year ago, you know, the economy was still pretty much shut down. So to compare today to last year uh, is really skewed. The month-over-month number was a lot more frightening because now the economy is reopened. It's sort of, you know, there's there's no really extraordinary difference except that these prices keep skyrocketing. And by the way, that 1% was 100% more than Wall Street anticipated. So, you know, there's no doubt we're in the thick of it right now in terms of uh, this massive inflation spike. So is Wall Street just bad at predicting? Are they like the the weather forecasters of the financial world? <laughs> or or is there something else happening? I don't know. I honestly some the, the Wall Street analysts uh they're not I I don't want to diss them too much, but I'm I I they miss a lot of this stuff. It really is amazing and I think some next time you go on your go out and do your chores, you need to take a couple of them with you. You know, because <laughs> I, I honestly I feel like they they might be spending too much time in front of computers and not not enough time actually going up and down grocery aisles. <laughs> you know, this, some of this stuff, to your point, should not be so shocking. They should not always be so off the mark, uh, and yet they are. So, um, you know, obviously they're mostly brilliant people, and they use algorithms and all these other fancy tools. But, you know, it, it doesn't. Sometimes it's just common sense. You know, it seems to be that that is the problem across government. Uh, across the the ruling elite, we definitely have an elite ruling class. It's like Kamala Harris saying, "Well, you know, in the in the suburbs and the rural areas, they don't have a Kinkos. How can they make <laughs> copy of their ID? They they have no clue because they don't leave the coasts." And I think it's the same thing here with the people who are making these predictions. So beyond them being phenomenally bad, uh, maybe at their jobs, not saying all of them, but some, you know, um, clearly not doing a good job of it. What happens with this inflation? How how much longer are we going to see these prices going up? And and I'll, and I, let me just play this for you. This is uh, Jerome Powell, uh, the Fed chair, who was on Capitol Hill yesterday, and he was talking about inflation and how long it's going to last. Cut 21, Eric. Inflation has increased notably and will likely remain elevated in coming months before moderating. 
Inflation is being temporarily boosted by base effects as the sharp pandemic-related price increases from last spring drop out of the 12-month calculation. So he's saying that, you know, because we kept hearing from the administration, it's just temporary. It's just as we get back, it's temporary. Don't worry about it. Well, now here's the Fed chair coming out saying this is going to go on for, quote, a couple of months, um, you know, in the, in the coming months before it moderates. So two things there. How long is a couple of months or the coming months, number one? And number mm-hmm. two, what is moderating? Does it moderate at this higher price point? Yeah, that's a great question. Um you know, Jay Powell uh, really said we're in a. He also said we're in a perfect storm uh, with respect to these prices, and said that they wouldn't really understand. It, you know, they don't consider it persistent unless it lasts year after year. Which to me is like, huh? Uh, you know, that's not how you, you got to you know check back to do a year from now. Um, here's the thing, and, and the administration certainly wants to downplay it uh, because they don't want anyone kind of saying, hey, what what role that you play in this? Because there's a lot of things that factor into it. You know, when you shut down the global economy, you shut down factories, you shut down conveyor belts, you shut down shipping, and then one day you turn and flip, you flip the switch, and people are like, I need this stuff. Old school supply and demand dynamics come into play. You have a lot of people who want too few goods. Prices go through the roof. But there are some other parts of this, and it's the government largesse. You know, um, last year we needed emergency spending. We needed money. Uh, of course, if you make someone not work, you should compensate them. Uh, but then, again, we did it again this year with almost $2 trillion. And even today, we have uh, $15 billion that hit people's banks, bank accounts for this new child tax credit. So a lot of this is on government. A lot of it's also on government because they pay people so much money that companies can't find workers. And that's putting pressure on prices to go higher uh, yeah. because now wages have to go higher. So so and to get to the original question, it's going to linger for some time. Things, Some things will obviously come down. Used cars are up 45 percent year over year you know i don't know about you but uh that's not going to last although i am thinking about selling my 10 year old jaguar now uh, <laughs> so you know it's it's uh, because you know so some things will come down but wages going up will be permanent rents going higher will be permanent and there may be some other aspects to this that will be permanent and and that means consumers are going to have to pay the cost which means that minimum wage of $15 an hour isn't going to be enough. And now it has to be 20. And then we do the whole thing all over again because people don't learn now. And and again, I'm not an economist. I know more than AOC, but less than you. So I'm somewhere in the middle there. Uh, But then again, most of us know more than AOC. So the bar is low. Um, One of the things here, I I mean, you know, you just talked about, uh, you know, the cost of cars and, and how rent is going to stay high. What about housing prices? I, my neighbors just moved. They cashed out. They're like, you know what? Getting out. And they got $2 million for their home. And I was just like, what? They got a crazy amount of money for the home because people are just buying everything they can if, you're, if they're get, trying to flee the socialist hellhole that they have created by, with their votes. How long does that keep going? Yeah, I think it may start to slow a little bit. Uh, there's some data, you know, they do these sentiment reports. The two most famous ones uh, come from the conference board in the Michigan University, and uh, we're already seeing signs. I think the last one I saw where 65% of people are going to hold off on buying a house right now because of price. So, But here's the thing. You've got Wall Street buying these houses now. Uh, BlackRock and Blackstone, they're buying every single family house they can put their hands on. And that really scares me because they'll never be under the kind of pressure that regular people are to, to lower prices. And, of course, they're going to most mostly rent them out. Uh, and so 
uh, you know, it's the housing market has been absolutely wonderful. It actually, in my opinion, according to my work, it even began before COVID. I was looking at uh, these older millennials who, you know, okay, I'm 38, 39 years old. It's time for me to really get out the basement. Uh, and old school household formation. The good news is now with people a lot being able to work from home, at least you can move further from the city. So your friends who got the $2 million, instead of having to spend it back on another a, a comparable house, maybe can move further away from where they lived, pay one point five and pocket half of the, you know, 500000 I mean, that's ideally what you want to do. So that's the good news is that a lot of people are able to move further away. The bad news is now even those rural houses will start to go up in price uh, right. as the ones that are closer to the city might start to moderate. So uh, we're still in uh, we've still got some ways to go on, on a housing boom, but it is slowing. It is. It is because I have I know people who want to buy a house and they are, you know, like 30 years, 30 year olds who are, you know, as you say, getting out of their parents basement and, and they want to buy a house and they're currently renting or they're married, you know, newly married and they can't afford anything. So their parents are all telling them, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, but the question they're all asking is, OK, how long do I have to do this for? How long do I have to hang on for? Because I'm just watching the prices go up. But yeah. I, I just don't know if you win by chasing something like that where you ultimately wind up spending, you know, overpaying for something and you'll never get the equity back. Yeah, well, the wild card also is in, uh, is the mortgage rate, you know. So, you know, the other thing that puts pressure on people to buy now is mortgages won't ever be this low again. They might stay at this level for a while, but they can't go much lower. So, you know, if you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and then these mortgages start to tick up, that's another factor you've got to look at. So there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of moving parts to this. Yeah, it's really confusing. Um, the The Fed is still keeping with their pandemic policies, right? The policies that they put in place during the pandemic. And one of those is keeping interest rates at historically low levels. How do they do that? Are they pumping money artificially into the economy? Yes. Yes, they uh, they create out of thin air 120 billion dollars a month. They put uh, 80 billion into treasuries, which uh, they so they they essentially are printing money and giving it to the federal government for an IOU, and then they buy those mortgage-backed securities, which are are you know bonds that are sold against the value of people's mortgages. So, 120 billion a month. They may start to ease up on that soon. That's a big parlor game on Wall Street. It's called the taper tantrum, taper talk. Uh, we'll see. As far as raising rates, I, you know what? I don't know. I just, I, you never say never. Uh, but here's the thing: I keep looking to Japan as a, as what we should be using as our guide here. Now, anyone who's of a certain age, I would certainly say maybe over forty, uh, you know, forty-five. You can remember when Japan was going to take over America. Everyone believed it. Everyone yes. felt it. They were coming on strong, and then all of a sudden they sort of derailed, and you never hear about them anymore. It's all, all about Japan right now. Well, here's the thing. They they did this. They went into this crazy – I mean they printed so much money uh, that they now have had 20 years of no growth, no real growth. Uh, and it's really, you know, it's sort of sad because they're also like having no children. Uh, you know, they're going to go from 120 million people to 80 million people. And the young people, they don't want to work. I mean, you're seeing all of the, the not just the economic, but the so- social damage yeah. that comes when you sort of create this society where you're printing so much money and trying to create artificial prosperity. So when does the Fed hike rates? You know, some people think late next year, something 2023. I don't know. I, and I really don't think they will ever go up su- substantially. They can't. If they go up too much, 
Just to pay the interest on our debt as a country will cost us a trillion dollars a year. Oh, Lord. Well, hopefully I'll be dead by the time this bill comes due. That's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty much my retirement plan at this point. My husband's like, well, maybe we'll be dead by then. I'm like, well, yeah, there's a good chance. So, okay. Well, maybe well, here's just the good news, Mary. Your, your retirement plan, your stock market stuff is going to go through the roof. The bad news, though, is the dollar may not be worth anything. <laughs> like, I'm going to need a wheel. I'm gonna... <laughs> you got a million bucks. Here's the bad news. A carton of milk costs a million, a million bucks. bucks. <laughs> oh, well, what a happy conversation, Charles, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining. Oh, very quick. One more quick question. Just if you can do it in like 30 seconds to answer. When I was at the store yesterday and was going around, the stores looked like they had been robbed. There was nothing in them. I mean, some more so than others. Why? That's the supply chain. They shut everything down, and then you stop making it. You stop transporting it. You park the trucks. You park the ships. Then one day we say we need it. Oh man, we got to refuel the ships. We got to find the workers. We got to remake the goods. We shut the entire global economy down, and we're trying to get it back. And that's why you have these empty shelves. And by the way, you know what empty shelves does? It makes people hoard, and that makes things even worse. Yeah, well, Lord knows, I think we all have enough toilet paper to last us through the next pandemic. So, <laughs> Charles Payne, thank you one. for joining me. <laughs> See you later. Have, have a great day. Thank you so much. 866-408-7669. I want your take on the economy. I, I, I want to talk to you about housing prices. Are you someone who's telling your kids or maybe you're choosing not to buy right now because you're afraid of winding up with uh, you know a house that is never going to make the money back. You're never going to make the money that you're putting out for it on your investment. But it's a hard thing to do when you're seeing so many people buy, right? Buy, buy, buy. Houses aren't even on the market for a day. Friends of ours, another friends of ours, because they're getting out of True Blue Jersey and they're they're going down to Georgia. Their house was on the market for less than a day, and the bid that they got that they took was sixty thousand over asking price. Sixty thousand over asking price. Eight six six four zero eight seven six six nine. I'll get your calls coming up right here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Giving you everything you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. And I'm Mary Walter, sitting in for Brian Kilmeade. We're just talking to Charles Payne about what's happening with inflation and the price of things when you go out. I noticed the price of food when you go to a restaurant. Some things are like $3 higher, not not just like 50 cents here or there. It's like a significant amount that you notice. If you go to the grocery store, things are more expensive. I also had a hard time when I was running errands yesterday to find people. That that was a hard thing. I that was like there, there's no hello. Anybody here? Am I the only one here? I, I honestly felt that I could probably just walk out with stuff and nobody would have noticed. Eight six six four zero eight seven six six nine. Vivian in Dayton, listening on WHIO. Vivian, you're on the Brian Kilmeade show. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Doing great. We've got a little bit over a minute. Go ahead. Okay. What I was going to say was, since I've been going to the food pantry for over two years, we've seen a change in the quality of the food since Joe Biden's been in there. And actually, with my gas, I'm paying more, and it seems like my gas runs out quicker. What's up with that? 
Oh, you just said when you fill up the tank, it doesn't it doesn't go as far. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but, uh, you know, I would make sure that when you tell them to fill it up or when you fill it up, just make sure that it really is is full. If you know how many gallons your tank holds. But you're right. Things, the quality of everything is going down as well. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I feel badly when you hear stories like yours because, you know, you're going to the food pantry and um, the quality isn't as good. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. So you're finding it hard to make ends meet because you don't, your money doesn't go as far. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a good budgeter. I used to work for the federal government. I actually calculated the debt the day it went over $2 trillion. So if I do it for my friends, I service like 10, 12 families a time, you know. Good, good for you. We need more people like you. And I really applaud you helping your friends. That is a service that is needed because too many people don't know how to do it. So thank you, Vivian. More of your calls coming up on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Inflation surging higher than expected. And you've been hearing the administration say, oh, it's just temporary. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. But the Fed chair, uh, Jerome Powell, he was in front of Congress yesterday and he said, ah, you know, it's increased notably and it will likely remain elevated in the coming months before it moderates. So I asked Charles, I was like, well, what does moderation mean? Like, does it going to stay at that higher level or is it going to go back down? Or when you says moderate, does that mean it just stops rising and this is the new normal? Everything's just going to cost you more and things aren't going to be, hopefully they'll fix the, um, hopefully they'll fix the supply chain. That's, you know, would be great. Uh, so I want to know what you're seeing. Uh, you've got some CEOs speaking out about this. You've got the J.P. Morgan Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon, saying the inflation could be worse than people think. This was on an earnings call earlier this week. He said, I think it'll be a little bit worse than what the Fed thinks. I don't think it's only temporary. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink yesterday saying policymakers are saying jobs are more important than consumerism. That is going to probably lead to systemically more inflation. PepsiCo's CFO saying uh, on an earnings call earlier this week, is there, so, is there somewhat more inflation out there? There is. Are we going to be pricing to deal with it? We certainly are, meaning the cost is going up. That's what that means. And when the costs go up like that, they rarely come down. Or the other thing they do is something that used to be 16 ounces is now only 14, but it's the same price. It gets smaller. And we've all seen that. We've all seen that. So I was out running errands yesterday, um, in the rain cause that's fun. And I went to, so, so I went to a grocery store. I found what I wanted. The checkout lines, I had two things. The checkout lines were ridiculous 
ridiculously long. They were insanely long. It was so I was standing in like the main aisle, and you know that goes that goes along there, and and, and goes along the front of the store, and then the checkers are there, and um, so I was and I was standing there, and I asked this woman, I said, and she's standing behind me, I said, oh, I'm sorry, are you the are you in line here? Did I cut in front of you? Because there was a space and for for the people to walk back and forth, and then there were all the aisles going the other way, and she goes, oh yes, I am, and so were all these people behind me. And it was like the scene, I felt like Ralphie in A Christmas Story where, where he and Randy get in line to see Santa and they are like, oh, look, the line is short. And then somebody goes, hey, kid, get in line. And they look back and the line goes out the door. That's what it was like to buy two cakes, two box mix cakes, you know, two cakes, two boxes of cake mix. You know what I mean? I, I said, oh, hell no. And I put my cake mixes down and I walked out of the store. I went to a couple department stores because I was looking for bath towels uh, and I have to feel them to know because they all look fluffy in the pictures online, but then you get them and they're not. So I wanted to feel in comparison shop. So the first store I went to had a pretty good selection and they're actually doing a $10 million revamp of the store, but the mall in that wing, I would say 80% of the businesses were gone, just gone. It was so sad and lonely. It was like walking through like a post-World War III landscape. It was very, very depressing and eerie in order to get to the store. But then they were bustling, but they didn't have a lot of inventory because they're revamping the whole store. So I went to another store and um, I walked in on the second floor and there was no, like the, the floor was was cement and you could see where the carpet used to be with the glue and it looked like they'd been robbed. I thought they were going out of business. And I couldn't find anyone to ask if they were going out of business because there's no one working there. And I was, I wasn't going to buy anything. So I just wanted to find the towels and I found the towels, but I mean, nothing special. There wasn't a huge selection, but an okay selection, but there were no people. There was nobody working. And when I finally found someone, I, I finally, like, I, I found something that I said, all right, I'm going to buy this. You know, it was, it was $10 and $12. It was ridiculously inexpensive. And, um, I found somebody I finally had to wander all over and I finally found someone at a makeup counter and she goes, Oh, you have to go to the men's department to check that out. Cause I couldn't find a trying room to fit it on. It was for women. Couldn't find anything. So I'm like, I'll just buy it. And so I had to go all the way to the back of the store where I just was. And then there's a long line for the checker because she's the only one in the store. And when I finally got up there, she said, um, she goes, yeah, she said, we've been calling people back, but everybody's on unemployment and no one wants to come back. I'm like, well, what employers need to do then is how about they, you know, this is what the government should do. Instead of paying these people to sit home on unemployment, why don't they give a tax incentive to the people who are working and instead we don't pay taxes for the next six months. We don't pay income tax for the next six months. How about that? How about reward the people who are working instead of rewarding the people who aren't working? I went to another store and it was a big box store that you all know. They had, I would say, hand to God true, about six bath towels, two washcloths and a couple of hand towels. And I asked them when the next, I'm like, why is, why is there nothing here? She's like, oh, we can't get shipments. And I said, well, when is the next shipment? So she looked on her thing, you know, the little companion computer. She goes, the 28th. I was like, what, what? 
She's like, yeah, they used to ship just like half empty trailers. They would do stuff like that. She said, but everything's so much more expensive now. They're only doing full trailers because they can't get the goods and they don't want to run trailers half empty anymore because of the price of gas. And there aren't as many people here to unpack the trailers and stock the shelves because we're shorthanded. It's ridiculous. It's a perfect storm. So I want to know what you're seeing when, when you're out there. Are you seeing any of this? And also, if, you're, if you are someone you know is considering buying or selling their home, what's your strategy? Because people are making a lot of money on selling their homes right now. But then you've got to buy something somewhere. And you're probably going to pay an inflated price. 866-408-7669. Let's head to Virginia and Mike on WLNI. Hey, Mike, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hey, Mary. How you doing? Good. Thank you. So what are you seeing? Oh, it's, I don't even recognize the country right now. I don't know if this inflation, at first I wanted to just think that it, it was just inflation. Um, and I feel like that when Donald Trump was in office, that was the roaring 20s. And now we're heading into the Great Depression. Myself, I'm okay. I can pay the. I, I'm, I'm middle class. I'm shrinking to the lower middle class, but I'll, I'll be fine. I'm a country boy. I'll survive. But I worry about families that you know, single moms, uh, people that make less than I do. You know, how are they doing it? How are they doing it? I, I don't. So, what's the answer? Well, we've been down this road before. You remember Jimmy Carter? Um, You know, we always hear the stories about Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, and what his presidency was like. So the Democrats have done this before. We've been down this road before and we'll survive. I I think being an adult, I was not an adult when Jimmy Carter was president, but being an adult now, my husband and I are now making decisions that I think probably our parents had to make then. Now, my parents weren't considering moving and getting out of New Jersey like we are. So everyone's telling us, sell your home, sell your home. And, you know, our, our, um, friend who was a real estate agent's like, do you know how much money you could get for this house? You should sound like, where am I going to go? And her strategy is you can sit on the money, I think for two years and then you can, can flip it over. What is it? A 1030 or a 1031 or whatever it happens to be, flip it over into something else. You have two years to do that. And by then the market will have, they'll have crashed the market, the Democrats, and then you can get something for a song. But that's a game and it's a risk. And I don't know if you play that game or do you just hold on to it and ride it out? So I think people will survive. We've done it before, but I think you have to have a strategy. That they're leaning, I'm not sure what it, um, you think this is leaning towards the big reset that we all been hearing about? We haven't heard much about it. Um, mostly during the election we were, and I'm kind of uneducated about it, but this extreme yes. inflation is it's telling me that we're heading in a different direction this time based on how our government is functioning. Well, I don't, I will be honest with you and thank you so much. I, I appreciate you joining us Mike. Good for you being able to survive this and having some kind of a plan. I think that's a great point. Um, I don't know much about that whole big reset thing either. Um, so I can't really have an educated um, answer to that question because I don't know. And part of me also doesn't want to know because I, I don't want to make a life decision on moving or when to sell my home or something like that based on that type of theory. Like my tinfoil hat is often polished and out ready to go. That just may be a little too tinfoil hat for even me. 
especially when it comes to the biggest investment I have, which is my home and deciding to sell or not sell. It's, it's, it's like the stock market, when to buy, when not to buy. You know, if you think the market's going to crash, do you, do you start to sell stuff off while, while it's hot right now? If you had Amazon and, you know, if you're Nancy Pelosi's husband and had a, had a nice tip that it was coming, I don't know that for sure, but it is kind of a little weird how he just managed to uh, make so much money off of that contract from the government that um, Amazon got with that just somehow new. But if you're like that and you just somehow know, um, you know, now do you sell it? Do you cash in and go, Amazon's not going to go any higher. That's it. I'm cashing in. I'm taking my money and I'm walking away. Or do you sit on it? These are all great questions. 866-408-7669. And what are you telling people who are talk about selling their home? If you live in an area that's very hot right now, or if you have kids who, or you are looking to buy a home, you know, do you just keep shelling out more money for rent? Or do you say, you know, it's only going to go up, I'm buying now. And take that risk of paying an inflated price that maybe you'll never get the equity back. I'll get your calls coming up right here on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Getting past all the rhetoric, it's Brian Kilmeade. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade, taking your calls, 866-408-7669, talking about inflation and the cost of things, and especially housing. If you live in an area like Florida, the co- the price of your home has skyrocketed. If you live in suburban New Jersey, all the New Yorkers are fleeing the hellhole that they have voted for and are fleeing to New Jersey and paying ridiculous amounts of money for homes. But then where do you go? Where do you go? without paying an inflated price somewhere else, unless you can afford to live or have a job where you can work from home and maybe live in like a West Virginia, even Tennessee is hot. So I, I, I don't know where you go, but what are you doing if you're making those types of decisions or know someone who is 866-408-7669? Let's go to Mike in New York City, listening on WABC. Hi, Mike, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Yes. Good morning, Mary. Thank you for taking the call. I just wanted to comment. I manage supply chains for companies that are importing into the United States. And what you're finding right now is there's no space available on container vessels, especially coming out of Asia, China specifically. And the cost of these containers, where roughly it was costing in January of this year, $4,000 for a 40-foot container, it's now costing $20,000. And the rates keep going up. So this is part of what's affecting the supply chain. There's an addition. There's a shortage of truckers in the United States. There's no way to have the goods move in a timely manner. Um, So these are what's facing um, the consumers today. The clients are asking where this is going to stop. This is going to continue. And the prices are going to rise through the end of the year, which is eventually going to affect the consumer because the importers, the companies that are buying these goods, can't afford to continue to absorb these exorbitant shipping costs and the delays that are happening right now within the supply chain. So how long does this go on for? I mean, it would seem that it's just going to be more and more demand as it takes longer and longer to get this stuff to the market. It's exactly right. Well, the the shipping lines are in no hurry to remedy this situation because they're making record profits off these increased rates. And the rates are increasing literally Every other week, what was good last week doesn't apply two weeks from now. And you're booking 
months in advance in terms of getting space, and then it's going to the highest bidder. So this is all an impact that we feel in the industry. It's going to continue minimally through the end of this year and possibly into the first quarter of next year, which is going to hurt the consumer because the consumers are all going to pay eventually for these additional supply chain costs. Is there is there anything the government could do to solve this problem or help it? Well, there 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 is a governing body called the FMC, the Federal Maritime Commission. They could become involved, but so far they're silent on this issue hmm. because they regulate the money. shipping industry. Yeah, yeah, because so they make you, money. You also have it's big money. You also have tremendous port congestion in the port of Long Beach, Los Angeles, as well as in the port of New York, New Jersey. There are delays there. Um, it's nothing to wait six, eight hours to pick up a container. And then you're charging more for that as well. Um, the cost of diesel has gone up, so the truckers are charging more, and there's a shortage of it. So it's a trickle-down type of effect. Um, yeah. But there is no easy remedy for this in any time in the near future. Oh, yippee. All right. Well, stock, now people are going to start to hoard. I really think that Charles Payne was right. People are going to start to hoard because things are going to be hard to get. Uh, Mike, thank you. I really appreciate it. That was so interesting. I, I appreciate your call there. We're, remember, it's going to be like COVID. It, it's going to be like when you went into a grocery store and there was no meat. Remember that? There was just no meat in the grocery store. Uh, Rob in Poughkeepsie. Rob, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. So what are you seeing? Um, this, this whole thing with this is very easy to fix. They gave them too much unemployment, so now there's no employment, nobody to go to work, so they're paying more. Up by me, McDonald's is paying $18 an hour, and Walmart's paying, I think, seventeen fifty or vice versa to get workers. But unemployment, they have to come back. Unemployment, you're supposed to be ready, willing, and able to work at all times. Have you ever declined a job? It's all on there when you apply each week. If the employers call up and say you decline a job, his unemployment stops immediately or her unemployment stops immediately. They have to go back to work. Which will flood the market with workers, which will bring the prices down. But if there's not a right, but but I agree with you a hundred percent. But apparently, it's not that easy. But from what our last caller had to say, if you don't have anything to sell in the store, like this, I, I went to a chain store that we we all know the name of. It's a huge retailer all across this country, and and they have no towels, and they're they're not getting in any in until the twenty eighth. So what what are those employees going to do if there's nothing to sell? I, I wonder if that's that's going to play into part of this. Now you're gonna, now the employer is going to be paying people to sit around and, and, and do nothing because they don't have the goods to sell because of the supply chain issues. So, Rob, I think you're right. I don't think these people should be pay, sitting on the public dole. But I wonder if we're creating a bigger problem here or we have a bigger problem here that's going to keep these people on unemployment even longer. And yeah. that, that, that's what I think is coming. So that, that's, that's a problem. Uh, Rob, thank you so much. I just very, very quickly uh, want to get to Chris and Pompton links uh, listening on WABC because he wants to talk about he or she wants to talk about selling their home. You've got less than a minute. Go. <laughs> Real quick, just to say something on the last caller. We as a country have to be more self-contained. Stop outsourcing, you know, helping out other countries. We should worry about ours first. Yes, and I am looking to get out of Jersey. Everything's a rat race. Everything's, you know, more expensive to live. And then yeah. thirdly, Quickly. on the, uh, the door-to-door virus, 
All right, Chris, you know what? I'm so I'm so sorry, Chris, but we just ran out of time. I tried to get to you quickly. I'm so sorry. But yeah, everybody's trying trying to get out of Jersey and people should be more self-sufficient. This country should be more self-sufficient. You know, maybe America first. Gee, I wonder who thought of that. I'm Mary Walter. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.